Welcome back to the Adam B and Adam G NBA podcast. I'm Adam B. On the other line, really distractingly, has shaven off his beard, revealing a mighty, mighty mo. Is Adam G. Adam G. How is that? How's that tickler going? Uh, it's good to be back. I must admit that uh, the shaving of the beard was one percent down to you uh, criticizing me and. Uh, being annoyed at my little scratchiness. The headphones on the beard weren't quite working for you. It's quite scratchy. In the last podcast. Yeah, Co- yes. so, um, you know, there was a small part of me that was doing it for you. Um, yeah. How, how have the, the loved ones in your life reacted thus far? Uh, so far, it's all been positive. Um, it's a big decision. You know, it's a big decision, but my head doesn't look as big, apparently. Wow. Um, I've also gotten the, I apparently look like a baby with a mustache. Um, yeah, it's very positive reviews so far. Well, this is good news. And speaking of positive reviews, I wanted to give a shout out to two people, two of our many, many listeners. We think we now have more than 60. That's six zero. You heard it right. And uh, two people left us some reviews this week. So, a shout out to that dude from Denver who said uh, <laughs> he described us as two clowns. So thank you, that dude from Denver. And thank you to Alex Alpal who says that um, these guys record more consistently than Jay Crowder lets me down. Um, so I think that's a good thing. Uh, thank you. And look, if, you, if you're a sneaky anonymous listener we don't know about, and you're bothering to listen to 40 minutes of this junk every week, take 10 seconds, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of Adam G's moustache. Let us know what you think of the banter. What could be better? What could be paired back? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and if, if, you, uh, if you leave a positive review, um, whether you listen or not, whether you listen for one minute or just download and then delete or whatever, um, but yeah, please leave us a review. And if you leave us a review, we might even get Adam B to uh, get a mustache as well. Yeah, if we get ten reviews, I'll, I'll, I'll ten will, reviews. I will rock the mustache. Sounds like a good deal. Ten reviews. That's pretty. And we'll change our uh, yeah. We'll change our our podcast uh, logo to both our mustaches. So um, I'm sure everyone will be pleased by that. I want to start this week with. One of the more confusing quotes I've read in the NBA universe recently. This is a report out of ESPN.com saying, Judging by the bags under coach Tyron Lue's eyes, not everyone has taken the Cleveland Cavaliers' early slide lightly. Quote Tyron Lue, Look at me. I ain't slept in days. I find it hard to believe that the bags under Tyron Lue's eyes could have gotten any worse because of Cleveland's performance. They kind of look like nutsacks as it is, but what do you think, Adam G? What if he's just spending a lot of nights out with the team? Bit of team bonding, some bowling. What are they up to? Yeah, some, yeah. some bowling, some Halloween party uh, planning. Um, the Cavs are definitely number one in my power rankings for Halloween costumes. They bring it. Uh, injured to, uh, Isaiah Thomas looks spectacular uh, this week. Are you yeah. Sure? Bring in some NWA. Uh, uh, look, they're three and five. LeBron was great. They're well, three Le- and five. I know, but LeBron's it costume was fantastic. 
And apparently it took him a couple of hours just to get the makeup ready. And he managed to bring in his own uh, makeup artist for the entire proceeding. And it took him a couple of weeks to organize. So uh, apparently, oh, also Kyle Corver. Did you hear about Kyle Corver going full Willy Wonka? I did not see that. That sounds terrifying because oh, he yeah. has quite a baby face. Yeah, so Kyle Corver went full Willy Wonka and his wife was the golden ticket. Ooh. And their two friends who are both uh, producers, um, editors, directors in L.A., um, where Kyle resides during the off-season, uh, decided to be Oompa Loompas, both at heights of, I think, five foot nine and five foot. Another couple, a friend, uh, friends of theirs. That's, that's true commitment to the one night a year children usually dress up. Uh, I wish they could show some more commitment on the court. They're three and five. They look utterly terrible. Um, I know it's still early, but, you know, in the last week alone, they lost to Indiana and New York. Indiana and yeah. New York. New York are truly, truly terrible. So I don't know how you lose to them off the back of losing to Brooklyn. Um, but them's the breaks. The Cavs have the league worst adjusted defensive rating. Um, I'm sure they're going to continue to be lazy fuckers for the next 60 or so games before picking things up and eventually making the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, and then probably losing in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals. Yes, I think that's a pretty sure bet. Um, yeah. So we'll, we'll leave the Cavs to one side, and there's one team. Can we I want... put a wait? Can we can we put a rule on that we won't talk about or make an effort to talk about the Cavs until they make an effort to actually practice and or play and learn some plays from Tyron Lue's stuffed playbook? I don't even learn some plays. Just do stuff that you've done before in your previous 15 year career that was successful. Maybe put in a little bit of effort. And if the Cavs put in a little bit of effort, I will join them and praise them and talk about them. Even if they lose. If they show like a mild amount of effort, I will put in the effort to talk about them or watch their games. Did you just blacklist the Cleveland Cavaliers on this podcast? I'm bla- yeah, I'm blacklisting, the, I'm blacklisting the Cavs until actually they give a shit. Okay, it's fucking done. Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, dig deep. Put in some bloody effort and you might get a shout out. But they're blacklisted. It's done. There you go. Yeah. Adam Otherwise, G has spoken. Okay. Okay. Phoenix Suns, since firing Earl Watson, since Eric Bledsoe made his tweet and never played again, their record is four and one, including wins against Utah and Washington. Phoenix. Yeah, and they're good wins. Phoenix are back. They look like a different team. I know, and I don't want to put this all on Earl Watson, but was he just the biggest problem there in the entire franchise? It kind of sounded like he was a softie, but this kind of resurgence in effort, in spirit, that's what we're looking for from Cleveland. Like, it can be done, you can beat good teams, you can be consistently decent. Is this just a, uh, a small sample size baby Ewing theory? It's, it's well, it's five games, four and one. That's, uh, that's, you know, that's getting towards Ewing theory. Let's see how they go in the next week, but I'm keeping an eye on them. It looks good. Yeah, and, yeah, and for any of those who are, um, haven't heard that phrase began by our, uh, one of our favorite uh, journalists or reporters or sports guys, um, Bill Simmons, just a 
when you lose your best player, there are often there have been a lot of cases where losing your best player has resulted in the rest of the team performing quite well for a short sample size or a small sample size. Um, and I think losing Eric Bledsoe, maybe that has led to it or getting rid of the coach as well. And maybe all the other players are uh, enjoying the extra minutes or just focusing on the real fundamentals and the basics of a little bit of effort and um, execution. And I don't think it'll last. No, no. And the Ewing theory is never designed to last over 82 games. But no. to see them back at 500 after the start they had, after being blown out by 50 points in a home opener, that's remarkable. So shout out to Phoenix. Like They're tied with the Spurs. Yeah, who, by the way, after getting praise heaped on them last week by us, went 0-4 against Orlando, Indiana, Boston, and Golden State. 0-4 the past week. The Spurs but that's still, are. Okay. And that's four good teams, and they have a very limited roster at the moment. Um, but they still try. They still put in effort. There will be no blacklist ever for the Spurs and Pop. Um, I love that he's gotten his first ejection for I don't know how long um, for telling a referee that he was simply a terrible fucking referee. <laughs> this um, is last night against the the Warriors after they – oh, yeah. it was quite a remarkable game. It was a remarkable game, and I agree with Pop completely, but it was just funny to see Pop. For, I cannot remember the last time Pop was ejected. Um, usually he's just laughing at the incompetence of referees or players. Um, he does really take the, the, the I, Tim Duncan approach to criticising referees, kind of just clowning on them, having a yeah, laugh, and clapping I, shitty decisions. And, and, yeah, and look, the fact that they're tied with the Suns means nothing at this moment just because of the the fact that the Spurs are missing a few players and it's not... It's nothing bad that the Suns have done in these last five games, and kudos for them for racking up a few wins. But their four wins have been against a lot lesser opposition than the four losses the Spurs have had. Um, and I still believe the Spurs will finish over their over-under, over 50 wins, and well above the Suns for sure. You know, it's interesting. We've spent so much of these first few podcasts um, focusing on overreacting to early starts, overreacting to early season surprises. I mean, when can we draw the line in this season and say, okay, this is who this team is. Like now we can start making big, bold calls without being called overreactionary. Is it, is it Christmas? No, I think you can do it by the end of November. 20 games played? Yeah, approximately 20 games played. And I think you can have a fair understanding or a fair idea of who teams are, how they're going to play. I mean, you know, we know who the Kings are, for example. Um, we know who the Rockets are. We know who the Clippers are. Some teams are just trying a little harder than others. And you know what? In these early few weeks, um, there comes a time where we have to walk back some of our statements, have to apologize slightly, um, and... Today, I would like to apologize to the New Orleans Pelicans. Last week, I roasted them pretty hard, uh, said they look absolutely terrible. Um, what, I, what I didn't know or was, what I wasn't fully aware of is that Anthony Davis had missed some uh, substantial time 
And immediately after our podcast wrapped last week, they beat Cleveland handily. Like they blew them out by 22 points. Um, and yes, they had a couple of bad games after that. But I think we can cut them a little bit of slack, a little bit more slack. Rajon Rondo is due to come back and join the team in like a fortnight. I, I still think there could be some hope for these guys. And ultimately, I, I did some soul search and I said, I want to see Boogie succeed. Boogie I want to see Anthony Davis succeed too, but Boogie just feels like the hardest done guy, uh, hardest guy done by the NBA, hardest done by guy in the NBA. Yeah, like and so once emotional. you've gotten that out, yeah, I, I don't, I still don't understand how Boogie is putting up historic numbers, like stats and numbers that go way past even an eye test. You just have to look at those numbers and and say, I have to watch this guy play because how is he doing this? And yet they still lose. And I I don't know how Boogie does it. He's been consistently exceptional. And, I mean, I know Drew Holiday and Anthony Davis and Boogie are all good, but it's it's quite a fall-off after that. I mean, looking at Omer Ashik... Tony Allen hasn't been doing as much as they would have hoped. Dante Cunningham. Um, I don't know. They, they just acquired Josh Smith, I think, in the past week, which could be intriguing. Uh, he's a, a notorious tease in this league, Josh Smith, teasing out that he could be a guy that does anything consistently. He's got a good build to him, but I don't know. Like It could just be an, yet another case of not having the right support unit. Yeah, true. Um, but that's nice of you to apologize to a team that uh, you criticized early on. Well, you know, we've got to keep it real here. Everyone's just trying to do their jobs. And as long as people are trying, we're usually pretty understanding, aren't we? Yeah, and I've got to apologize. So just I have to apologize to the Cavs for picking them as an over 53 and a half wins. Um, yes, you should apologize for that. Yeah, they're definite under. <laughs> Are we, being, are we being too harsh on them with Isaiah Thomas? Is Could it just be Derek Rose handling too much of the ball, Dwayne Wade having to play serious minutes? Like, could, could that be part of the early season woes? Well, I did just see Isaiah Thomas uh, pregame today he's against shooting. the Wizards. Yes. Yeah, he's shooting. He's on the court and the shots are not standstill. There is a small white man, Adam G, kind of jump level. To these yes. shots. Yeah. Um, but he's on the court and warming up with the team and taking shots. And I'm now watching it again because why not? Um, look, maybe he's coming back earlier than we think. Or maybe they actually just still, as we said, don't give a shit. And they'll bring him back after Christmas. So the two best teams in the NBA at time of recording this podcast, uh, the Boston Celtics and the Orlando Magic. When and do your Magic fall off? Will they fall off? How sharp will that fall off be? They've got players hitting like 50% from, the, from outside. They look really, really good. I think they had a bit of a, a pressure test against the Grizzlies this week and I watched that thinking like you know here's two really good early season teams very very promising and the magic eked it out it was really impressive well they're also one of um 
only three teams so far in the in the entire league to be undefeated at home. They are three and zero. The Raptors, even smaller sample, are two and zero, and the Utah Jazz are five and zero at home. And whether that's a sign of things to come, whether the Magic can re- retain or remain undefeated at home, uh, that's a big. That goes a long way to making the playoffs or put, keeping a sustained run going because you do play 41 games at home and the longer you can re- remain undefeated or the longer you can remain competitive at home against any opposition, then look, you know, that's something, you know, may, we might be able to pencil them in for 35 wins, 30, 35, 40 wins at home. And if they can do anything approaching that, uh, all they need to be is mildly competitive away from home and, there's a playoff team. It's it's really quite remarkable. And when I talked about that Grizzlies game, like they were on the road. They were in Memphis against a team doing mighty, mighty well, a team with far more weapons than they had. And it wasn't an easy win in that they had to grind it out into the last few possessions. It was a two-point win. Um, so that, that to me says something, you know, crunch time on the road against a very good established team to eke out that win makes them feel more legit to me, even more legit than them blowing out the Spurs by like 30 points that, that felt, okay, these guys can handle the pressure. Okay. They can't, they're not just winning games in one way. They can find different ways to win and call on different people to make big shots. Um, I'm really surprised. And I know they're going to fall off their current pace. I know that's inevitable. But um, right now, I'm just really enjoying them not being shit. It's nice to have another good team in the East. Yeah, that's your most important or your most enjoyable aspect is you just want another team to compete with the Celtics because you're sick of the fact that the Cavs are 3-5 and five and 13th in the East. It's boring. And to, to, to people who aren't familiar with how the Magic were last year, they were 29-53 and 53 last year. Like... They just barely, just barely uh, got a better record than the 76ers. They were one game better than the 76ers last year. Finished 13th in the Eastern Conference. Um, so, I mean, that turnaround is incredible. Is this a sneaky uh, coach of the year possibility here with Frank Vogel? Jesus, Frank Vogel's got the most terrifying stubble going at the moment. I feel like he hasn't slept since last year and he's kind of carrying this team a little bit. Um, but hey, if it I'm improves it. their defense, yeah, if it keeps them winning games, then no sleep, Frank, no sleep. So the players they acquired this season, uh, this offseason rather, um, I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you see their improvements. So Jonathan Isaac, who they drafted, is looking pretty good so far. At least his hair looks exceptional. But then they got Jonathan Simmons out of the Spurs, um, a guy who had really good fundamentals drilled into him by Pop, who experienced some playoff games, um, who kind of plays beyond his years. He's looking really good for the Magic. Aaron Aflalo, um, who is just a weirdly underrated shooter in the NBA. I know he has a tendency to jack things up, but he looked quite good. Um, Maurice Spates, uh, I mean, does does this all make sense to you when you when you see these names, or is it is it a coaching change that you credit with the turnaround? What are you seeing? I think all these players have an ability to remain a little humble and produce the best they can possibly produce in their role. 
Mm. And they're very good at understanding their own strengths and weaknesses. And uh, for bench units and for um, team chemistry, that's a big thing. And especially in the regular season, that can certainly uh, eke out a few more wins. Um, So I just think that it feels like everyone on that Magic roster is performing at least at their base minimum, uh, their expectation. And a a couple of those players are overperforming on what we expected, uh, coaching and playing. And, um, you know, Maurice Spates is doing what he does off the bench, which is um, go on little 6-0 runs by himself or hit a couple of outside shots in a row. And, right, he's, he's, um, he's got that kind of like instant burst of energy going on. He's drawing yeah. power from that weird mole on his head. It's his like, you know, yeah. his little nucleus. It, he looks great and good for him and good for them. Yeah, and um, they're just, everyone's doing their job. Uh, and you see what happens when everyone tries to do their job as best as they can, then... Um, you can get a few more wins and maybe what you're expected. And I do hope they keep it up for a little bit longer um, just so that, you know, as you said, we can have some more competition or we can have a little bit more excitement at the top of the East. Yes, which is desperately needed. I mean, the East was a joke for four or five years there. So I think it's good to see, uh, see things shaken up. All right. Um I think it might be time. uh, Sorry, go on. Yeah, I just wanted to add one more little surprise um, from the Eastern Conference. And I don't think we've talked about them a lot so far. And it is someone who I pegged as an over at 42 and a half wins um, by Vegas before the season. But I did peg them as an over. And it's someone we probably laughed at based on their uh, summer acquisitions and their recent signings. But... The Charlotte Hornets, Mm. they are surprising me. And I'm really enjoying Kemba Walker, Dwight Howard, pick and rolls. Kemba looks great. Like he is beating teams off his own hand regularly to get them to five and three. But you're right. Like to have Dwight Howard on your team, it's a crime to misuse him. And I know he's so maligned, but... Put put the fucking guy in a pick and roll and good things happen. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and they are, at the moment, the most effective pick and roll tandem or two-man game uh, in the league. And until other teams can stop them, keep it going. Um, we'll see a few more 17 and 11 and 25 and 15 games from Dwight and a few more crazy you know, 26-point nine assist game from Kemba and those two can can certainly prove me wrong and lead that team uh, higher into the playoffs than maybe what I had them listed. I, I thought they might be able to sneak in in the one of the bottom two or three positions in the playoffs just because of the shitness of the East. But they are, they are impressing me as a half-court pick-and-roll offense just as much as John Wall and uh, Gortat. If 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 Dwight can keep on averaging a double double, I mean, was it? I'm not sure if it was last year or the year before, but he still has the ability to lock down on defense with playoff like intensity. Like he might be 
the most hated player in the league, the most maligned player in the league, but shit, he's just got he's got such an arsenal. And if you use him the right way, yes, he's limited, but if you use him the right way, you get rewarded time and time and time and time and time again. Yeah, and they have a surprisingly deep roster with a few players that we've just either forgotten about or uh, we've, we don't like anymore or have had a bad season. But Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, um, Jeremy, Jeremy Lamb, maybe that's a bit much to offer yeah, him. Calm but, down on the Jeremy um, Lamb. Yeah. MKG, Frank Kaminsky, Michael Carter-Williams, the occasional minute here and there, and Nicholas Batum, obviously, on top with a rookie Malik Monk. Uh, they have enough players there that as long as Dwight and Kemba are at their best, this team can certainly compete with uh, quite a lot of teams. And it certainly surprised me and proved me wrong. And um, it's just nice to see them performing well. And they're performing well, like, look, we love to overreact to early season results, but often, like when you do a little digging, they don't really work out so much. But the teams yeah. that the Hornets have beat, I mean, they beat Orlando, they beat Memphis at Memphis. Good wins, yeah. Yeah, and they've just beaten Milwaukee. Um, that's three really good that's, wins. That's three really good teams. Uh, and there's no, there's no dodge in that. They look really, really nice. And you're right, we'd never talk about Kemba and Co. Well done, Kim Branco. Yeah, and they're about to face the Spurs. Uh, I think that game is coming up tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, for anyone listening, if you are listening, hopefully you're listening or you might be listening tomorrow being uh, the Sunday the 5th. Um, But for those down here in Melbourne, if you can get a chance to watch the Spurs and Hornets game tomorrow um, or today while you're listening, then do it. Yeah, it should be fun. Let's do a quick quick check-in. On Giannis MVP power rankings, um, he is averaging over eight games, 31 points, let's call it 11 rebounds and round up, and five assists. 31, 11, and five. How do you feel about Giannis? I still feel the same. He's awesome. He's amazing. And... Uh, even in his bad games or his supposedly bad games where he doesn't score 30, uh, Chris Middleton helps him out, scores 43, and Giannis still has 13 boards, and I think it was nine assists. Still in a a lower-than-20-point effort from Giannis, he still manages to contribute and almost help his team to a win. Um, but he's just... He's just trying harder than anyone else, and he's got the skill to absolutely dominate opponents one-on-one. They're now four and four. Do you reckon, I mean, can they win enough games for him to win the MVP? Yeah, they will. They absolutely win enough games. This is just like the, I mean, we're looking at the, the Spurs are at four and four, and the Bucks are at four and four, and both these, both these teams have a chance to finish with 50 wins. Um, I don't think we need to overact to a couple of losses in a row. And I still think that, as we saw, even when Giannis wasn't able to score, Chris Middleton was able to step up and hit his season high. He's managed to find 43 points out of nowhere, considering the way he started the rest of the season. Tony Snell had 17 off the bench, I think it was. So 
Oh, sorry, not off the bench. Uh, starting. Congratulations, Tony Sell, on your starting gig. Unbelievable. Uh, former, former Bulls player. But I absolutely think they'll win enough games uh, to help Giannis's case. Yeah, Giannis, I mean, there's a reason they call him the Greek freak. For those of you who are like barely NBA fans and still find a reason to listen to this podcast, you have to Google this guy because he's like seven feet tall. He's got the biggest hands in the NBA and he glides so gracefully. He looks like a point guard the way he moves out there. Go look up Giannis if, you, if you're not familiar with him. Uh, it's remarkable. Can I talk really quickly, Adam G, about us NBA fans being spoiled little shits? Yeah, all right, go. Okay, so let's look back. The past few years, we've had... Um, one of the greatest regular season teams or the greatest regular season team of all time on on full display playing really entertaining, beautiful team basketball, the Golden State Warriors. We've had the all-time greatest finals comeback down 3-1. Cleveland gets its first championship. LeBron redeems himself great. We've had trade dramas. We've had unbelievable individual seasons and uh, playoff performances from guys like Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant. Astonishingly, we're seeing parody in the East or something resembling parody at least over eight, nine, ten games. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but parody overall in the entire league. This is the first time through seven games that no team in the NBA has been seven and zero or six and one since 1969. Is that real? Time. Holy shit. Yeah, that's for real. And it's the first time in eight years that no team through seven games is 0-7. Wow. So everyone's won a game, but no one's won ever a game. Everyone's won a game, and everyone has lost at least two games. And it's just something that hasn't happened since, since the 60s. So it's a, this is what we as were you praying said, parody. For. This is what we were praying for. So, yeah. But with all of this, is it too easy for us to kind of take things for granted? Because right now, Russell Westbrook is still still averaging a triple-double. And I'm barely surprised, impressed, or curious. Is that unreasonable? No, it's not unreasonable. Uh, the Thunder look good. But um, I'm but not blown away. It's, it's, what's up with this? You're not blown away because there is nothing blowing us away because everyone is kind of good or just a little bit below average or a little bit above average. That's our problem is we want there to be bigger storylines or bigger surprises. And apart from Giannis, there really isn't anything else. And the only reason Giannis hasn't got even more uh, media attention right now is because the Bucks have lost their last two and they're sitting at eight in the East. But look, we are spoiled little shits in terms of the NBA. And I guess the other problem, which we've known and we know and is always talked about is just the oversaturation of NBA because it is on every single day between October and June. And when you're playing 82 games a year, there are games that you miss. You know, I mean, I'm not watching Hawks games. Oh, I go Don't out of my way. Me. I go out of my way not <laughs> to watch 
Hawks games. Yeah, don't don't ask me about the Hawks. Don't really ask me about the Kings. I'm not watching their games. Um, I'm not watching a lot of Suns or really impressed by the Suns. I'm definitely not watching the Heat or Knicks. No, you can do better. Part but... of the yeah, part of the NBA is you have to pick and choose. No, no, this is it. But and there's probably never been a better year in recent memory to randomly on the background while you're cleaning the house or while you're cooking or while you're working even, there's, there's never been a better time to randomly just throw on any game because most of these games have been really entertaining. And in fact, the ones you least expect to be entertaining most often are, shout out to yesterday's Lakers Trailblazers game because that was awesome. Like, oh, yeah, so and, much fun. and don't get me wrong. Yeah, don't get me wrong. For those who just heard what I said and think that I'm down on the NBA season, I absolutely love the end of that game. That I mean, even the start was entertaining while Portland had a huge lead and the Lakers managed to crawl their way back and get back into the game. But that is a kind of shit that we love about the NBA is the trailblazers lead by 20. The Lakers take two quarters to just claw their way back into the game, take the lead, and in the final couple of minutes we have a one-possession game back and forward where we can finally see a couple of stars go at each other and a couple of teams go at each other in that final in those final possessions and it's a make or miss league and Damian Lillard is great at making killer and clutch shots and that's the kind of stuff that we love and uh, that is the kind of game that you want to see absolutely and even in the game before it, we saw a 40-point swing after the Spurs went up like 19 points early and then lost by 20 or 21. Um, there's, it genuinely feels like anything could happen on any night in this league. So uh, here's to this bloody season. It's been good fun. And let's try to still remember to appreciate the Brody, the Russ, who's averaging a triple-double. Yeah. Because if you said that five years ago, people would think you're crazy. Well done, Russ. Yeah, I, he's he's still amazing, um, what he can do. All right, Adam G, let's wrap this bastard up for another week. Thank you all for listening. Hey, how's that for a shorter podcast? 35 yeah. minutes? That's nice. That's nice. Yeah, it is. And I, I will add just an extra 30 seconds, just as a, a couple of shout-outs of my own, if that's all right. Of course. Uh, one, a shout-out to Jess for bringing me water halfway through the podcast while I felt like I wasn't going to be able to talk anymore, uh, which for some people might be more a positive if I stopped talking. No, that's uh, a tremendous sh- effort from a tremendous woman. Shout out yeah, to Jess. Yeah, shout out to Jess. And shout out to Bulls guard Justin Holiday, who is on track for the least efficient season, shooting season in NBA history. No one has shot the ball worse than what Justin Holiday is on target to shoot. Wow, not even Marcus Smart last year? Holy shit. Not even Marcus Smart, not even newly new, new NBA player Josh Smith, who will join those Pelicans <laughs> and I'm sure shoot as many bricks as possible. But yeah, shout out to Justin Holiday for tanking the Bulls season better than anyone could have ever hoped. Just keep shooting through it, Justin. Just keep shooting through yeah. it. It's going to come. They keep have to putting, drop sometime. Yeah. yeah. Keep your foot on the line, Justin Holiday, and keep those long twos going. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for listening. Keep leaving the reviews. We'd love some feedback. 
Um, so hit yes. us up. Let us know what's good, what's not. And thank you so much, Adam G. Killer effort. Saturday morning podcast. Bam. Bam. Let's do it.